Matthew chapter 20. The past several weeks we have been looking at the core values of Ruaraka Baptist Church. We have looked at integrity. We have looked at accountability. We have looked at community. We have also looked at family. And today we look at service. And as I was reminding the guys in the morning, some of us have already failed the Lord in these areas. We are miserable at being men of integrity and women of integrity. We are the worst in our families. We are messed up in community. Words cannot even probably explain who we are on account of our accountability. And then much more pressure comes this morning as we remind you of service. So help you, Lord, as we engage our minds. Our core value as a church, the last one is service. And as we begin our conversation today, I want to ask you, how long have you been serving? How long have you been doing this thing? In fact, have you been serving at all? Are you just the kind who come from home to warm a cream plastic seat? Or a white one? Or a wooden bench? And you say you are in church. Jesus is Lord. There is a particular worldly perspective that has crept in the church today. The worthiness of service in human terms has taken over the, the real meaning of what service is in scripture. And it is far from the gracious attitude that God expects us to have towards people and towards the work of the ministry. We have, we have well educated in the world there, and I'm sure you, you know this so well, those who are working. We have well-educated, underperforming, yet overpaid people, true or true. And we have less educated, overperforming, underpaid people. That's the paradox of life. Life is sad sometimes. We have people who have decided to carry some of these ideas about service into the body of Christ... And, 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 and God, needs, God needs to change our understanding and our desires so then we understand service from his perspective and not from me the way I see, from where I sit. Who cares about where you sit? The Lord is on the throne. So from where you sit, everything must be seen from where he sits. Service is not dependent on what you think it is. Service is dependent on what he says it is. Whatever capacity we have been placed, we need to learn how to thrive amid these difficult times and serve the Lord in church, at home, at work, and in any other place. The challenges will come. And the text that we have read today, one of the things that I want us to learn, if you forget anything, is that God is glorified. God is glorified when believers serve Him without strings attached. God is glorified when believers serve Him without strings attached. As the old Puritans would put it, God is glorified when you serve him for soli Deo Gloria, for God's glory alone. And that is our focus. What is service as a church? As a member of this church, what is service to you? I have three points. I have an ambition to do three points. If I don't, I will do, I will stop, I will stop. But I have three points to focus from um, Matthew chapter 20, verse 1 through to verse 28. And my first point is the hindrance to gospel service. 
the hindrance to gospel service? Comparison. Comparison is a big hindrance to gospel service. At the end of chapter 19, Jesus has just finished his conversation with the rich young ruler. He told him, go and, 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 and sell everything you have and then take the money to the poor and then come and follow me. And he's sad. He goes away quiet. We don't hear about him anymore. Our entrance into heaven depends on God's grace, not on our righteousness. He thought he had it all together. He was not willing to come to Christ and listen to what Christ was saying. And in the same way, our reward in heaven will be based on God's reckoning, not our, our human calculations. Our words are indeed meritorious. They come from things that we have done. But they are also calculated from God's perspective. God will reward servants. God will reward those who serve. But it is fully dependent on where he sits, from what he sees. The first section draws us to the laborers in this story. We have the story. Jesus is, a, is, is giving a story about the kingdom of heaven being like this master who goes to, out in the field to look for laborers. And, and the thing that we can learn from this is, is the value of service. And I want to draw your attention to that. We learn here what not to be like as we serve in the vineyard of the Lord. What not to be like. Do not be like those ones who are complaining. The master is God and we are the laborers and the vineyard is the work of the kingdom of God. And the harvesting that God is preparing for us. The master goes out, the Bible says, at 6 a.m. He goes out at 9. He goes out around midday. He goes around 3. And then at 5. And he picks on fellas and tells them, Yo, come, what are you doing? Nothing. Come, come and work on my, on, on, on my vineyard. Because it is probably harvest time. That's the historical background of it. It is harvest time. The vineyards need to be, the, the, the grapes need to be picked from the vine and, and workers are needed. And so usually the rich folks would go outside into the streets and they would find some fellas who were just chilling out and hanging out doing a lot of not so much and they would give them some work to do. Some work to do. Tell them, all right, you come and work. And they would agree um, for what pay. I'm, I'm going to pay you this amount. I'm going to pay you this amount. And so he went out during those moments and he, he sought for these workers and he he tells them, I'm going to pay you a penny, a denarius, 10 cents. Not so much today, but back in the day, that was a day's wage. And he tells them, I'm going to pay you this much. The payment was paid daily because these paupers, these poor people would, would not wait for the end of the month, you see. So they would work today and receive the pay today because the family needs to eat today. And so they would go out and, and work and they would be paid whatever agreement they had with, with the rich man who was their employer for that day. And so the agreement was there, a denarius per day. And so naturally the one who came at nine would expect to be, give, to be given that denarius. I mean, but if, if he saw fellas coming at around 12, at around 3, 4, 5, he would expect that the pay would be more for him because he's been here for a long time. And then those ones who came later would get something kidogo because you've just worked for three hours. I've been here for I don't know how long. I have a friend of mine who shared with me a story when he was in college in Jaquat and he was a new guy in the CU and he just gotten born again. And one day he goes to, to the prayer, the powerhouse of... Yeah. Powerhouse. You know, that's what they call it there. Power. Anyways, he went to the powerhouse 
at around 6.30 and he found some fellas that had been praying there for some while. And so when the meeting is ending at around 7, so the leader of course stays there with a very spirit voice. No one wants to finish the, service, the, 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 the prayer service for us. And he offers himself to say, and he says, I will pray. Hey, the brother, Kulad Moto, like, thoroughly, like, looked at him and told him, Brother, you have just woken up. We have been here all night. How can you pray for us? And that is the attitude of some of us. We, we have been here for, for, this, for, this, for this length of time. How can you start praying for us? And so we see that, that kind of problem in this conversation. So this guy would expect But anyways, consequently, anyone who came late was not expecting anything more than a penny a day. He was expecting, well, I just worked for like three hours, so I'm going to get a little bit of money. So that is, that is, that is the situation that we are looking at here today. Now, the wealthy back in the day would be so significant gifts on the poor and they, were, they would be widely praised because of their benevolence. So sometimes they would go and, and do an especially nice thing to somebody who, didn't know, who had not worked for a very long time. And people would be talking about it. Oh, you know, they went to Mike's farm, yes. And you know, I, I just worked for two hours, okay. And I was paid like I'd worked there for two days. Like, for real? Like, yeah, yeah, for sure, man. He paid me like two days' wage. Jokes, like kidding you not. Really? And now fellows would be talking about Mike. Oh, yo, you know that guy called Mike? Yeah. Imagine he paid some dude two days' work for three hours' energy. Oh man, that brother is amazing. And fellas would be talking about Mike then all along, everywhere, everywhere. It's Mike, 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 Mike. Now that meant that Mike would get more workers and even more qualified workers coming to him. Because they, they think, bruh, this guy can pay a dude who worked for three hours, two days' wage. What about me? Remember I asked you, how long have you been working? How much were you paid? See the attitude? So these guys who were there, they were thinking like, ah, okay, I'm not going to get a lot. But the workers also had something in there for them. That history probably will not help you love Jesus Christ much more. It gives us context. So, it must have been a heightened situation there. And I want us to draw some things from this, 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 these workers there as, as we think about them. So evening comes and it's payment time. And of course, the one who has come at 6 a.m. is not paid the first one. The, work, the, the master does something very funny. He decides, call the ones that came at five. Call them first. And he gives them a denarius. These other dudes, of course, they are seeing. They are like, uh-huh. Sasa. You've already done your maths. Okay. So that guy came at five. He worked for one hour. So if one hour equals to one denarius, twelve hours equals to X. Alright? So one equals to one hour equals to one. So 12 times 1 divided by 1. So he was expecting 12. Get the picture. The situation goes south from this point. It just all goes good. So they get one denarius. The one who came at 3 gets the same. The one who came at 12 gets the same. Everyone is unworthy of the denarius except the one who came at 6 a.m. They hit the roof. What? What's your problem? I have been here since six. This guy just worked for an hour. I, and if you read their language in the text there, they are under the scorching sun. What is your problem? They start grumbling and complaining. And right there, the Lord exposes their hearts. 
I'll ask you again. How long have you been working? We see the nature of God coming into play here and I want us to focus on a few things that I pick as the character of God and the nature of God here. He is fair and just with all his people. These guys are complaining but the master is like, yo, did I tell you one? Yes. Have I given you one? Yes. What is my problem? No problem. Didn't I tell them one? Yes. Haven't I given them one? Yes. What is your problem? Why is your heart angry? Why is your heart angry? What is wrong with you, man? It is my money. Am I not allowed to do with my money what I want to do with it? These are the questions that the master is asking. So the laborers are exposed, and this is our focus for now. So God is fair. God is fair and just with all his people. Historically, the first ones represented Israel. They are the ones who have been in this thing for long. And then we are the ones who came at around 12, at around 3, at around 5. The Gentiles. And the Jews, they knew we are the owners of this thing called salvation. Nisisi amasisi peke. But then they did not know that God had an amazing plan for Gentiles like you and I. Idol worshippers, thieves, prostitutes, husband haters, wife beaters. You know who you are and where you fit and then God comes for you as well. Boom. It bothers some religious heads. I got born again in 1944. I was not even born. What's your problem? How is that my story now? Where do we meet with this? I was born, I was born again. I see I've been here. I've been in this church since it was built. I've been in, literally, I've been in this church since it started. So, and some of us today need to be sharply rebuked and I'm coming for you. Just in a moment. In a small moment. God is fair. There are some attitudes when you think about serving the church at Rock Baptist Church that needs to be undressed from our minds. God chose Abraham, changed his name from how many things had he done? Nothing. He chose Isaac from how many things had he done? Nothing. Jacob, the deceiver, how many things had he done? Nothing. Should the list go on? Yes. And he chose many. How many things had they done? Nothing, 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 nothing. Even Israel, who were chosen, how many good things did they do? Nothing. They were complainers and grumblers and all those things. And God swears in his anger, you will not enter my rest. But for grace. You see. He, he, he lands it on our heads. And, and he's there. These, these guys are just like, you know, why are you giving us little money? God's character. He's just to all his people. He's just. The laborers picture many of us in church today. Those who think they have the monopoly of heaven because they have been born again for so long. Mm, I've, been born, I've been born again as long as you have been born. What are you telling me? How old are you? 15. I have been born again for 40 years. What can you tell me? We know you. Okay, well, maybe we've not met you yet. But keep looking at me straight in the eye. The Lord may just reveal something. Some of us have hot heads. We're just like, hey, I've been born again for this amount of time. This is, this is who the laborers represent. Oh, we have, we have been in this church. We are the ones who hold the foundation of this church. Are you Jesus? The Bible does not say, and Simon said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Jesus said, I will build my church. You are not Jesus. Your middle name is not Jesus. We know you. Jesus said, I will build my church. 
The effort is from Him, the provision is from Him, and the glory is for Him. You and I do not feature anywhere there. Service comes from that kind of understanding. So how long have you been in this church again? The ones who feel grumpy when they are not chosen to, to lead a certain committee. Yeah, these ones here. They feel, they feel so, so enraged when young boys and girls are not picking them to be their best couples. I'm just saying. Oh, they hit the roof if they are not the ones leading prayers. this can say He can say How do you my foot island? I don't mean gonna ask me. Fellas like that is who God is talking about here. This is the heart that is exposing to us. They, 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 are, they are bothered. If they are not managing projects, if they are not doing this and that, they have a problem in it. If they are not the ones being called when something wrong has happened, they are not receiving the crisis calls, or, or they are not, the newcomers are not coming for... They, they, are, they are like, what? What is the problem here? They start tearing apart and busting like dynamites. Yesterday, the other day, Mogoye brought me some some baruti. So this is what we do in the youth league. We had just come from a youth leadership meeting and we exchanged some nice things. Baruti. And so, baruti are those things that lipuka when these Diwali things are toa, toa, toa. So I decided to give my children a treat. They had not seen a baruti. And so Mogoye gave me this roll of baruti. And I'm like, hmm, all right, let's see what, the, what this... Oh, yeah, Mogoye, I've seen you. Okay. So I went and I gave my kids a treat, brother. That was the... So I tell them, yo, come and show you something. So like, what, what, what? Come here, put on your shoes. I hope my soldiers are pushed too. So I bundled like four, four, four. And then I washed them. You know these things, they put Like guns. They were so excited. They were like, what? What is this thing? What is this thing? You know, you almost tell them manna from the Lord. <laughs> anyway, some of us, we are like dynamites. When we are not in the eye of the storm, we start bursting and flipping and tearing apart. We are bothered when those ones who came at five start doing things. We are wondering, Oh man, shame on us. Shame on us. May the Lord rebuke your soul. He's fair and just to all his workers. He's a God of marvelous grace. The last group of workers are recipients of grace. If God is not unfair, then it means also that he treats others far much better than they deserve. Isn't that your story today? Isn't that who you are? Isn't that who you are? A recipient of amazing grace. The way the Lord has handled and treated you, you do not deserve it an iota bit of it. You do not deserve it in the least of forms. That is God of grace. He is a God of marvelous grace. My own money, he says. I will use my money for what I want to use my money for. I will choose whomever I choose. I loved I, I loved I loved Jacob and Esau I did not approve. I will do what I will do. That's why the psalmist proclaims in Samson says, Our God is in the heavens and he does whatever he pleases, and I will add, he will use whoever. He pleases even if it is the young guy that just got born again yesterday before your proud heart. Service. A God of marvelous grace. Is your eye evil because I am good, he asks. 
Why? Why are you having issues? Because I've done good, you're angry. Do you see the paradox there? Why would you be angry because somebody has shown kindness to somebody else? Why? What are you, what are you angry for? Why? Your heart seems to be having a lot of issues. Do some jogging. Remove some fat. Your heart needs some freedom. Some spiritual freedom. See the God of grace. Let them serve and enjoy God's grace, I tell you today. Those who come in later in the day to serve in the vineyard, in the church. Let them serve, of course. We will take them through the journey of discipleship, not the journey of legalism. We will take them through the journey of discipleship as they grow. Not teach them do's and don'ts because that is not what God calls us for. He calls us one for identity and identity provokes our action. Actions without identity are not received in the kingdom of God. Doesn't matter how many things we do in this church, if you're not born again, it's useless. It's empty. It's void. Jesus will never receive it. And today you must be born again if you're here and you're not born again. Coming to church does not argue bonga points. Jesus does not own Safaricom. He does not put on a green shirt. He is not giving Christmas goodies. You must be born again for him to receive your work. And your heart must be changed. This is the God of grace. Stop looking around. Stop looking around trying to find how long so-and-so has been saved, trying to find how long have they, oh, how long, you know. Comparison, why? Why are, we, why are we caught in the eye of a bad storm? Because our hearts are discontent. So you are saved for, for 20 years. I got born again when I was 12 years old. I've literally been born again as long as some of us have been born. So? Did I earn it? No. Was it by merit? No. Was it by grace? Yes. Can I boast about it? No. But God's other character that is seen there and I see there is God's ultimate perspective. He's not only fair and just to all his people. He's not only gracious. He, he is a God that has a perspective that is supreme over and above all other perspectives. All true disciples are equal in his eyes. Both the first and the last are equal. The Jew and the Gentile. The gospel levels them up. They are all the same. That is what matters. Whether you have been doing this for 23 years as, 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 or, or for 50, or whether you've just been doing this for three weeks, God's perspective levels us all up together. It does not matter how many people we know, how long we've been there, how long we've done that. It matters that we are there and we are doing it. That is the perspective of God. The problem is in our comparison and complaints. So let me ask you, which is greater? That we all served the king or that we competed to serve the king? Which is greater? That we all served or that we competed? These are the problems, the teaching problems that you go in a prayer service and one wants to be louder than the other. No problem in being loud, but some of us need to, need to weigh our attitudes. They must hear how, how much theology is coming from my brain when I'm praying. Take a chill pill, relax, drink some water, take it easy, life is short. Our hearts need to be transformed by the Nazarene today. His perspective is amazing. 
How, why should you compare people? Why should you be there just anxious of, oh, why is that one? Why is pastor giving that one opportunity? I am the one who has been running up and down here trying to see if pastor needs X, pastor needs Y, pastor needs this. Why, why is he just giving some fellow that has been sitting there? What is your problem? Can't you just be glad that you served the pastor or you served the elders? Just be glad that you served anyway. Stop bothering, oh, so and so. You should hear Jesus rebuke to Peter. When, when on account of John, Peter comes and asks Jesus, what about him? Jesus threw a shade at him. Jesus asked him, what is it for you if I say that you will never die until I return? Sorry, when I killed. I didn't have trouble with you, Lord. That was the silence, and some of us need to be told that. What is your problem? If I say they will serve him, and probably in, in other critical areas, or they do other critical things than what you've done. That is the silence from the Lord, man. Just stop complaining, stop comparing. Just serve the Lord with gladness. Romans chapter 9, the Bible says in verse 15, For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have comparison, compassion on whom I have compassion. So then it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy on, 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 on you, and that my name might be... No, 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 sorry. Who has mercy? For the scripture says to Pharaoh, for this very purpose I have raised you up, that I may show my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. So then, he has mercy, listen, on whomever he wills. He has mercy on whomever he wills. And he hardens whomever he wills. You will say to me then, why does he still find fault? For who can resist his will? But who are you, O oh man? Listen to that question. Who are you to answer back to God? Will what is molded say to its molder, Why have you made me like this? Has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same lamp one vessel for honorable use and another for dishonorable use? Men, why are we caught up in this business of comparison? It is our greatest hindrance to gospel service. The main teaching for today then is that the joy of gospel service is found not in the comparison of rewards given, but in the giver of the reward. The joy of gospel service is found not in the comparison of rewards given, but in the giver of the rewards. To whom are you comparing yourself today? To whom are you comparing yourself here at Rodaka Baptist Church? In what ways are you seeking for greater rewards instead of focusing on the master? Focus on the master as you serve, not on others and their rewards. Let people be. Let Jesus save. Let Jesus plunge people into the ministry. You do what you are supposed to do. Focus. Focus. And some of these things that we, we end up having unnecessary conversations among us, the members of this one is thinking less of the other one. And this one, may the Lord shame us and silence us on our tracks. Focus on what you need. Stop comparing one, one with, with another. Stop it. The Bible calls that deception. We cannot serve if we are caught up in this comparison game. Second point. The posture of gospel service. How does it look like then? So we finish, and I'll not say much about these laborers there. We have seen the heart of God, and we've seen the challenge that you need to deal with in your life. 
In verse 17 to verse 19, we see the posture of gospel service, surrender, sacrifice, and death. The warning goes out for those who want to compare themselves and grumble at the master. Jesus sets the perfect picture, on the other hand, of what perfect service looks like. What does it look like to serve the Lord? How, does it, how is it displayed? How is he giving us the example? Jesus Christ shows us by his own death. He will show it in his own life. He shares with the disciples about his execution at the hands of the Pharisees on account of some betrayal that would come in the, in, in the hands of Judas and that would lead to his death and his resurrection. But what does faithful service look like? Service is about surrender, sacrifice, and death. Surrendered rights. Philippians chapter 2 reminds us that Jesus Christ did not consider his being God anything to grasp, but he came low. He took upon himself the form of a human and he went lower and died a shameful death on the cross naked. And because of his humility and lowering of himself in serving the people, the Bible then says the next thing. Because of that, because of that, because of that, God gave him a name that is above every other name. And it would be echoed in the letters. Humble yourself before the Lord and at the right time, he will lift you up. He will lift you up. He will exalt you at the right time. Surrender your rights. Majesty became flesh and blood and lowered himself to the form of sinful man. Yet majesty never lost majesty. He remained majestic in his nature. All relinquished rights. He did not cling to anything. Can you imagine Jesus with bitterness and competition issues as a leader? Just think about Jesus wondering, ah, now what? It doesn't even cross the mind. It cannot set in our hearts. Because that is what he sets as an example. He surrendered his rights and submitted to his father's will. True service is about surrender. Surrendered rights. Secondly, it is about sacrifice. You sacrifice for the greater good. He had seen the terrible end of human race and he gave himself so that they can be saved. It is one for many. And that is the attitude of service. I will do it for many to receive the joy and the gladness in it. But is that what most of us do? Most of us want the many to do it for us. We do not want to sacrifice for the greater good. But Jesus sacrificed his all for the greater good. And what was the greater good? The salvation of man, that was the second greatest good. The glory of God was the greater good. For God's glory, he sacrificed himself so that humanity can be saved. Our salvation is not the end of the good news. God's glory is the end of the good news. That he sits in heaven and receives all the souls made perfect in righteousness by faith in Christ. He is glorified, he is happy, and we are joyful as we enjoy salvation. Sacrifice for the greater good, but thirdly, he died. The posture of gospel service is in death. He died to sin and the world. He refused to be mastered by sin. He refused to be conquered by the world. Hanging on the cross, he seemed last among all flesh on that day. They even mocked him. You saved others, save yourself. Oh, they didn't know. And if you are back in the day like me, when you grew up back in the day, I know some people, when I say back in the day for them, that was like just the day. But I have a back in the day at least. There's a song we used to sing. Walipo mu wa yesu walidhani wa meshinda. 
kumbe badala yake injili yaenda mbele now jo you should find that in a kiwosho church somewhere and i'll tell you what it is it's ecstatic men they thought they thought they had it i'm pretty sure they were probably clenching their fists and just pointing a finger like this guy toka tuone baba ulisi uliokoana shuka shuka sasa they never knew on the third day my friends and the devil didn't know what was in store for him on the third day the last man would become the first born of all creation the last verse in chapter 19 verse 30 says so the last will be first and the first will be and he comes and paints the picture for them see right now i am the last they mock me they call me names chill relax on the third day i will be the first born among all creation and him who was laughed at now like one of our interesting artists back in the days sang would probably say aha 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 who's laughing now exponential potential for the old tax just listen to him jesus is lord don't worry he was he had the last laugh isn't that what we are taught in english age class 4 he laughs best who laughs last and he got the kick he died so that we can live he served us perfectly and gave us an example to follow there is no gospel service without surrender then you cannot serve in the house of the lord without surrender without sacrifice without death that is where it all begins lose it all you are here today and you're not born again this is for you you can't serve jesus christ Forget about all this empty religion you've been sold out there you've been told oh you just serve the lord just serve the lord at some point you'll change that's a lie come to the lord that your life will be changed then you start serving him you can't serve the lord if you're not born again if you're here and you're not born again there's no path for you in the kingdom you are dead you are fit for hell fire but for grace And today you need to turn around. If you are not born again, Jesus Christ must save your soul. You are not fine. It is not well with your soul. If you drop dead today, you burn in hell with demons and every other man who has refused the foolishness of the cross of Christ. Turn to Christ now. Surrender, die to everything. Let Christ be exalted in your life. Let Christ be the joy in the morning, the sustaining joy in the afternoon and the joy in the evening for your life. Turn to Christ. Let your darkness be turned to light and your morning be turned to dancing. Let Jesus Christ be the one who turns your life around for service. Otherwise it is not going to be received. It is empty business you're doing. Come to Jesus Christ today. Come to Christ today. Have you surrendered all? Have you surrendered all? Jesus does not want your slavish acts. Oh, nimefanyia Yesu kazi. Soma acts. You can't serve him. You can't work for him. Come to Christ that he may save your soul. Strip off all importance and see the greater good. Think think how life would be if you had Christ. Think about it. Engage your mind. Think and think and think. You cannot serve while you are captive to sin. You need to be set free. Jesus Christ must set your heart free. Don't be deceived that giving money for the work of the ministry will make you have a better standing before the Lord. Don't be deceived that smiling to the pastors will will give you leeway. 
Pastor, how are you? <laughs> Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Be born again. As I finish in the next five minutes. Second lesson is, there is no true gospel service without surrender, sacrifice and death. And I want to challenge you to surrender your life today. If you are here and you are born again and you have hang-ups that are unnecessary, what do you need to surrender today? What do you need to let go of today? So that you can gladly serve the Lord. In the last verse, verse 23 to verse 28, we see the failure in gospel service today. And I'll, take the, I'll just crunch that. The failure in gospel service. Titles and positions. <laughs> this story comes at the wrong place. Why did this woman have to speak now? Why? <laughs> why Why did he have to speak now? Lord, grant for my sons that one of them would sit on the right and the other on the left. She had been around this Jesus conversations for some time to know that Jesus' kingdom is not the earthly one. <laughs> what was the problem? Her problem was what most of us problem is. Titles. Positions. <laughs> Some fellas can't even allow it. They can't just let you call their names. Just a Fikiri. Fikiri the day, and I, I mean, the day Fikiri probably goes and gets learned outside there and he studies some crazy things. Now he almost wants us to start calling him like, you know, Nikama to introduce move. Director, producer, manager, script writer, cast, starring, Emmanuel Fikiri. <laughs> Man, I have scripture to memorize. <laughs> I have other things to do. Your titles are not amongst the important things that we need to be pushing down the throats of people in church. <laughs> no, no. There are better things. There are better things to, to think about and put in our heads, not your titles. Titles. That is the failure. Who will be sitting? Who is, go- who is going to be? Who is in the eye of the storm? Hey, who is there? Ninani anangusonga namkono namkono ya right ya CEO. Ninani who is that? Who is it? Who is it? And you're all fidgety. Your life is like a, a computer game. Positions are. I, I think this is the wrong place for this lady to speak. She was all about hierarchy. Levels. You know those ones who keep on saying there are levels to these things. The only level that we have is the ground level. Vitu machinani. Vitu on the ground. This is the level we have that makes all of us the same. All other ground is seeking sand. Let me poke you. Do you think Jesus had a problem with that or he was okay with it? So Jesus is like, uh, well, okay. Um, first of all, um, are you sure you can handle what I'm going to handle? They said yes. Like, okay, fine. You will drink my cup. And then comes the rebuke. But who sits on my right or on my left is not my problem. It's like, lady, focus. This is not my business. Now, some of us in this church today need a mental salvation. Mental salvation. 
The Lord needs to save us from titles and positions. We are so focused on making it to position that we fail to serve the list of Christ's followers because we are headbent on our own things. Be it in church or at work or anywhere else. I was asking the guys in the first service, why would a whole man who took some time box. Now that they is called their wife. And now one day in the home, this man who took all his time starts to make a lot of noise. I am the man of this house. Lately I've been feeling like the wife. I am the husband. Wife, husband! Relax. Tunajua ni weona vanga long na wendo na sauti kubwa. Ni wewe dadi. Tulia. Kwanu kiangalia wedding movie yenyu unonanga uliva gao. Hey, I'm the man! Yeah, you are. We know it. You don't need to prove it. That is the problem of positions and titles. We keep on focusing on them and we miss out on the main thing. I am the... Dukuduku, fill in for yourself. Where do you fit in there? Where are you? That's the failure. And as I land the plane today, I want to help us to understand this, that title-based and positional greatness breeds animosity and division in our pursuit of service. It does. It breeds animosity and divisions. Just focus on serving Jesus Christ. Serve the Lord. Serve Jesus. Be happy. Go home. Sleep. Life is short. I told you. Drink some water. Take it easy. Serve Jesus Christ. We believe in this church that our service begins from the point of salvation and if we will fully serve in this body, we must serve at that point of surrender minus titles because we have loved the master more than the position and I pray that that is going to be the story of your hearts so how does your attitude need to change today as you serve the body of Christ why are you doing what you're doing today why are you serving where you are or why are you not serving what do you need to change what things do you need to start doing or what things do you need to stop doing why do you want to be caught up in the eye of the storm don't come and serve us. We are humans like you. Come and serve the Lord. That is the heart of service. Do not come and serve the pastoral office. Do not come and serve GO, the, the, the youth pastor, the senior pastor, the Sunday school pastor, the elder, the deacon, the chairman. They are human beings and we together are servants of the Lord. Serve him. Keep your focus simple. Jesus is not a stressed fellow. He's relaxed. He's easy. So take it easy. Serve the Lord with joy and gladness of heart. I pray that as we end the year and we begin the following one, that in this church indeed, we'll be a people of gospel integrity. That our lives will count. That's a value for us. We'll be a people of gospel communities. We will be a people of gospel families. Homes that Christ is exalted and lifted up. A people who express gospel accountability, focused and centered on Christ, but finally, 
will be a people of gospel service. And as you go home today, I pray that you'll remember the main point. God is glorified when believers serve him without strings attached.